Well, we're going to continue our series from last week, this morning, The Key to a Happy Life. Everybody wants a happy life, and yet it seems to elude a whole lot of people. Some people just can't seem to be happy with their life, even though maybe from onlookers it seems like things are going pretty well for them. You know, I found out that you can learn some things from children about being happy. One mom said that she was running errands and nothing went right, and she stopped to pick up her eight-year-old son from a friend's home where he had been playing, and he got in the car and he started talking about all the fun things that he had been doing. But mom was kind of going back over all the things that went wrong. And then her son said, is dad going to be home for dinner tonight? And she said, yes, he is. He said, what are we having? She said, how about mac and cheese? He said, that would be great. And then she hears this big sigh from the back seat. And he says, I love my life. <laughs> mac and cheese. And dad's going to be home. What could be better? Do you love your life? Wouldn't it be great if life was always that simple? But the truth is, is that for all of us, we go through those times, difficult times, trials and tests, and sometimes heartaches, and sometimes it's just hard to look on the bright side and focus on the good and just to be happy. But I have learned and I see in the Scripture that over and over and over again, the choices that we make throughout our life determine so much of the outcome of our life. Most of life is not luck. You've seen those lucky people, you know. But most of life is not luck. It's not fate and it's not misfortune. Most of life is determined by the decisions, the choices, the paths that we choose. And I know that that puts the responsibility back on us, but we just need to realize that it's so important that we choose right in life. It will get you somewhere, whether for good or bad, your choices will take you somewhere. And if we want to find ourselves in a happy place, I want to tell you wisdom is the key. I want to say very clearly this morning, that we all make mistakes. We've all made some bad choices. We all need God's grace and His mercy. And I, I want to say this clearly, is that, you know, sometimes when we find ourselves in a real bad place because of bad choices that we've made, God will do a miracle and rescue us. Like he did Jonah when Jonah decided to disobey God and not go to Nineveh like God told him to. He finds himself in the belly of a whale. You talk about a horrible death. But he prayed and God delivered him and brought him out of that belly of the whale. And he got another chance to obey God. And I tell you, God can do the same thing in our life no matter how messed up we are. God is merciful, and He can give us a new start. He can do a miracle. But that doesn't negate the truth of God's Word that when we make bad choices, so often we put ourselves in a negative situation, 
a hard situation that we didn't have to go to, we didn't have to go through. We need God's wisdom to navigate through life and really live the life that He has for us. See, when you have wisdom, you just make the right choices and you end up with better circumstances. In better circumstances, it's easier to be happy. And this isn't something that you really see in a day most of the time. No, wise choices, sometimes, well, you don't see the fruit of it for weeks. You don't see the true dividends of it. Sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes years before you really see the fruit, the harvest of those wise choices. And so this message, this series, isn't really as exciting as some. You know, we in our generation, we're the microwave generation. We like instant everything. Let's do it now. You know, come down front, we're going to zap you, and it's all going to be good. I'm not taking anything away from praying for people. We're going to do that at the end of the service today. But I just want you to understand that sometimes the blessings of God come on our life as we daily live for God and we serve the Lord and we choose the right things and we have wisdom to know what we're supposed to do. And you find yourself maybe a week, a month, maybe next year, and you're like, I'm in a pleasant place. I'm in a happy place. How'd I get here? I want to tell you some good choices were always involved somewhere along the way. And I just want to say this very clearly. The payoff for wisdom is huge. We're not talking about the wisdom of the world. We're talking about the wisdom of God. Our key passage for this series is Proverbs 3, 13 through 18. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. This is a truth from God's Word. This isn't my opinion. This isn't something that, you know, some self-help person came up. No, listen. This is truth, eternal truth. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. You see, wisdom is the key. And the man who gains understanding. In our modern vernacular, that just means he gets it. He finds wisdom. He gets it. I want to tell you that man is going to be happy. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, her gain than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies. And all the things that you may desire cannot compare with her. You see, in this world, those are valuable things. They were back when this was written, but they still are today. Those are valuable, precious things. And you know, it's kind of wild right now if you have an investment account or a, a, a retirement account, you know, where do you invest that money? Because it's all so volatile. Are you, you know, you're going to put it in stocks or real estate or what are you going to do? Who knows how that's going to go? But let me tell you where you can invest and know that there's going to be great returns. When you seek after wisdom, when you get the wisdom of God, it is more valuable than all that other stuff. And you don't have to wonder if it's going to pay off. Her ways. Well, I missed one there. Length of days are in her right hand. Length of days. In her left hand, riches and honor. 
Wow. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. Such amazing blessings come from having the wisdom of God. It'll keep you safe. It'll protect you. It'll guide you. It'll show you how to choose the right door. And it'll also show you how to close the door on the thief that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Wisdom will help you to have more than enough. It'll help you live a long, happy life. And listen, wisdom shows us how to live the life that God has for us and experience all the blessings that He intends for us. But when we learn wisdom and we walk in wisdom, I want to tell you we find ourselves in happy circumstance. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. Get wisdom. And we're going to talk about how to get wisdom this morning. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Get it. Listen, little bitty word, get. Real important here. It's not automatic. You have to get it. you got to be willing to pursue it. So many things that people chase after in this world... But the scripture tells us clearly that we need to go after this. We need to get wisdom. Don't pursue after money. Don't pursue after pleasure. Don't pursue happiness. But instead, get wisdom. Go after it. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. The principal thing. It's the main thing. Now I want to clarify here. You know, just a red flag goes up in my mind here. Jesus is the main thing. And being in love with the Lord, well, that's the main thing. But if you really understand, in fact, we're going to see it here in this passage. If we really understand this, that yes, it leads us to that relationship with God and really knowing God. We're not talking about something separate from knowing God. This is the wisdom of God. And the Bible says it's the principal thing. It's the thing that you ought to be going after in your life is having wisdom. It sounds so strange because we're living in a culture that just has this disdain for wisdom. It's just not cool. And so it's all uphill for us here to talk about wisdom in this way. Like, I don't hear very many people talking about, yeah, I'm really seeking wisdom. We ought to be. We ought to be every day. We ought to be trying to get it. Get wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her. Listen, she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace. Wow. An ornament of favor, unearned favor, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. But he says, get wisdom. There's a lot of things in this world that people think they got to get. Success, money, education. Well, here's a big one, to be in love. I'm just telling you the truth this morning. I've seen a lot of people that say, oh, that's the most important thing. Want to be in love. And they find that one and they're in love. And two years later, they are miserable. Let me tell you what works wisdom. 
get wisdom. Pursue after wisdom. That little word, get, is really important because I I want you to understand it doesn't just happen to you. It doesn't come with age. We talked about that last week. It's not automatic. Nobody's born with it. I've seen some of these three-year-old prodigies that can play, you know, all kinds of classical music music pieces on the piano, and it's absolutely amazing. It's like some kind of gift. But no kid, nobody, is born wise. In fact, the Bible tells us that foolishness is bound in the heart of the child. Grandparents, cover your ears. But the rod will drive it far from them. No, they're all born in foolishness, and they have to be taught, and they have to learn wisdom. And it doesn't come just because you're smart or you get educated or you have a high IQ. No, wisdom, the kind of wisdom we're talking about, comes from God. How do we get this wisdom? If we're going to get wisdom, we have to intentionally go after it. We have to want it. Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. My son, if you receive my words... My treasure and, and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom. You got to be willing to listen to wisdom. You see, a lot of us, we hear wisdom sometimes and we just ignore it. Maybe it doesn't fit in with our plans or what we had already decided, and so we ignore it. You got to listen to wisdom. Apply your heart to understanding. See, you got to decide, I want to learn. I want to understand. I don't want to just barrel through life and make foolish choices. Verse 3, yes, if you cry out for discernment, if you cry out, have you cried out? Have you cried out for God? I've got to have help. If you lift up your voice for understanding... See, this is an impassioned plea, crying out, lifting up your voice. This isn't some nonchalant attitude like, you know, maybe I'm going to get wise just, you know, live, hanging around long enough. No, I've got to have your wisdom. I've got to have it. Crying out, lifting up your voice for wisdom. <laughs> lifting up your voice. Some of you yell at the TV every week. Go, go, get him, tackle that guy. Come on. Time to pray. Uh, Lift up your voice and cry out to God for wisdom. Lord, I'm desperate for your help. I don't know what to do. How we need the wisdom of God every day. Cry out for discernment. Lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, if you search for her as hidden treasures, see, you seek for it and you, you, you look for it as though it were this priceless treasure. This isn't a casual search. This isn't a passive thing. It's something that we intentionally do and, and most people they don't, just don't understand how important wisdom is to their life. It's the principal thing. It will preserve you, keep you safe, protect you, bring blessings and favor on your life and help you to live a happy life. You see, sometimes as preachers, we get to preach those messages where we get all excited in the moment. Wow, yeah, yeah. 
But sometimes we get to preach those messages where if there's somebody that really gets a hold of this, your life is going to be different. There will come a day when you look at your life and you say, wow, look how blessed I am. I'm in a pleasant place. And it doesn't happen automatic. I'm telling you, you need the wisdom of God. You cry out, you lift up your voice, you seek her as silver, you search for her as hidden treasure. I want to remind you that Jesus said, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Well, we need to be asking God for wisdom, seeking him for wisdom, knocking on the door, looking for wisdom because we will find it. And when we really go after wisdom, when we cry out for, to God for wisdom, there's something very powerful that happens. There's something that's supernatural that happens. We find it in the next two verses, verse 5 and 6. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. You see, this is one of the problems in our culture today is there's so little fear of God. Not just the world's culture, but church culture. There's so little fear of God today. So little understanding of the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. And here's a big part of the problem. They're not seeking wisdom. You see, he says when you cry out for it, when you lift up your voice, when you search for it, then then you're going to understand the fear of the Lord. You see, God answers that call, that cry. He helps you to find what you're seeking for. And you know what wisdom first and foremost will bring into your life? The fear of the Lord. That is the beginning place of wisdom. The Bible tells us that very clearly in Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You see, when you cry out, you lift up your voice for wisdom, God will give you the fear of the Lord. Oh, this is so important. This is so key in walking in wisdom is to walk in the fear of the Lord. It's, this is where wisdom starts. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This is where the world totally misses it. It doesn't matter how smart you are, what your IQ is. If you don't fear the Lord, you're going to make some horrible choices in life. When we disregard the Lord, I want to tell you, we always end up doing foolish things. How do we get wisdom? If we want wisdom, we have to learn to walk in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to respect Him. It is to show regard for Him. It is to live our lives before Him in a way that our desire, our intent is to please the Lord. That's the fear of the Lord. Listen, if we're really living in the fear of the Lord, then every day we are aware that the Almighty God is watching me. He sees everything I do. He hears every word that I say. And He knows my thoughts, and He even knows the motives of my heart for what I do, why I do what I do. I'm just telling you, that is the fear of the Lord, that we live before this awesome God with this awareness and this knowledge that He is always with us. 
And we want to please Him. You see, young people, if you cheat on a test at school, that's just foolish. You're just setting yourself up for trouble. But when you fear the Lord, it's not even a question. Because it doesn't matter if you get caught or not. You want to please the Lord. Somebody trying to decide whether they're going to cheat a little bit on their taxes. You know, I pay too much in taxes, so I'm just going to fudge a little bit here. That's foolish. You're going to lose lots of nights of sleep, and you're going to set yourself up for trouble. You talk about unhappy. You know, you get that letter, here it comes, and your stomach starts churning. You know what's better? You fear the Lord. And so you want, Lord, I'm going to trust you about my finances and my money. I'm not going to have to worry about this because I'm trusting you. That you, I'm going to do what's right, Lord, because you're watching. So you're not going to talk, you're not going to gossip about somebody, talk about somebody behind their back. That's foolish. You know, a lot of the time it ends up getting back to that person. You know, then you got all kinds of relationship problems. I tell you, a lot of people would close their mouth, they'd solve half their problems. But here's the thing, it's not a matter of whether or not it, you get caught, it gets back to them. It's, is the Lord pleased with that? You see, if we live in the fear of the Lord, we make the right choice. We choose because I fear the Lord. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be unkind to somebody because the Lord sees it. In fact, I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to choose to help this person because the Lord is watching me. I fear Him. I do what I do. I make my choices according to the fear of the Lord. You see, when we have the fear of the Lord, oh, it gets us such a big start on choosing wisely. This is why it is the beginning of wisdom. And without the fear of the Lord, it doesn't really matter what else you learn about wisdom. Because in the end, you're going to end up doing what you want instead of what God wants. When you fear the Lord, you want to Please Him in every way. I want to tell you, that will affect your decisions, your relationships, how you treat other people. And when we disregard the Lord and do it our way, we bring harm on ourselves. You know, the philosophy of this world is, but do what you think is right. It sounds good. In fact, most believers will just immediately say, yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to do what I think is right. And that's how they live their life. I'm going to do what I think is right. There's a problem with that. A lot of times you're wrong. I know what I'm talking about. Personally, I know what I'm talking about. I know what it is to think I'm right and find out I was wrong. Well, I'm just going to do what I think. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. See, a lot of Christians today, they go to church on occasion, but when it comes to their daily life, they do what they think is right without ever really seeking the Lord, with no regard for the Lord. They don't know the first thing about wisdom because the first thing about wisdom is to fear the Lord. Third, to get wisdom, we have to ask for it. The Lord has all the wisdom that we could ever need. How do we get it? We ask. James says you have not because you ask not. So we got to ask God for wisdom. We have to pray. 
James 1, 5 tells us, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. What a great promise. This is one of the most fantastic promises of Scripture, is that if we lack wisdom, now, all of us lack wisdom in different areas. I'm just telling you, there are all of us at different times throughout the day, we need God's wisdom, whether we realize it or not. But if, if we lack wisdom, if we'll ask of God, He gives to all liberally, and it doesn't hold back. It's available to us. Now, it's real important that we actually believe that God will give it to us. He goes on, he says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he that doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man and stable in all his ways. You see, if you say, well, I asked for it, but who knows, I don't know. Don't think you're going to receive anything from the Lord. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Y'all don't be looking at me like that. This is what the Bible says. We can't be, well, maybe if we don't know. No, we need to know that God will answer our prayers. And so we ask Him in faith, and we expect that God is going to impart wisdom to us somehow. That doesn't mean that you're going to hear an audible voice, you're going to see writing on the wall, you're going to have some great vision, and all of a sudden you have this great wisdom. But one way or another, if you will believe God, ask Him and believe, He will give you the next step. He will give you what you need in that situation. He will direct you. He may send a a godly person uh, by your way that has just the right thing to say to you, to help you. It might be in the reading of your scripture that day, but one way or another, God will give you the wisdom that you need, but you got to pray, you got to believe, you got to ask Him for it. See, we need to ask God for wisdom throughout our day. I mean, when, when you're dealing with a difficult person, I don't know about you, but my natural inclination a lot of times when I'm dealing with a difficult person is not the right response. I mean, sarcasm just wants to come out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Moving on. You know what you need? You need wisdom. How to deal with that difficult person. Oh, all through our day, there's situations. I mean, you, you're thinking about a new purchase. And so, you know what you need to do? You need to go to God and you need to ask Him for wisdom. I mean, do I, is this, is this new iPhone, is this really the right choice? Or am I just being covetous, you know, because, man, it's really cool. I got to have it. Or do we want the wisdom of God? When y'all get quiet, you know, I just think somebody, somebody's like, oh me. All right. Why do we have to ask for wisdom if he wants to give it to us? Because if we just had it, we've become prideful. We think it's just us. In fact, this is a whole lot of the reason why you got to pray about a lot of things. Because we get to the place where we just don't even need God is what we think. I'll tell you, you're in a good place when you know how much you need God. 
and we need the wisdom of God. And so we ask, we lift up our voice, we cry out, and we pray sincerely. You know, the book of James also tells us that you have, or you ask and have not, because you ask amiss, you ask for the wrong reasons. You know, Lord, I need wisdom today. What will those lottery numbers be? I want to tell you, you can have all the money in the world and still be miserable. Just ask the rich and famous. But when you ask for wisdom, you see, you're, you're not just asking for wisdom for selfish reasons. You're asking for wisdom so that you can lead your family. You're asking for wisdom so that you can be a witness for the Lord and be a godly influence. You're asking for, witness, uh, for wisdom so that you can be used of God so you can fulfill the call and the purpose of God in your life and accomplish all that God has for you. What if the Lord came to you and He asked you, what do you want? Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, King Solomon had just such an event. It was like you know, a genie out of the bottle moment. I mean, God asked him, whatever you want. And Solomon asked for wisdom. We're going to read about it from Second Chronicles chapter 1 and verse 7. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Wow. All the things that can run through your mind, if you could just ask for anything... Verse 10, here's his request. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. I want to tell you, this was the right request. He asked for wisdom, not just for selfish reasons, but so that he could serve God's people, so he could fulfill the plan and purpose of God in his life. And in verse 11, God said to Solomon, Since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth, riches, or honor, nor the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I've made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you, and, and I also will give you wealth, riches, and honor, such as no king who was before you ever had and none after you will have. Wow. And he did. God fulfilled that word to Solomon. But Solomon asked for wisdom. He knew that's what was really important. He gave him that wisdom to fulfill His plan and purpose in His life. And the Lord will do the same for us. He gives us wisdom when we need to be successful in whatever task He gives us. It's either to be a witness for Him if we're raising children, we're praying for the sick, you're providing for your family. See, we daily need God's wisdom in all those things. We see the Lord's response to Solomon that he acknowledged that Solomon was sincere in his prayer. He really wanted wisdom for the right reasons. And, and I want to tell you that 
in, in our country today, if we would really seek God for wisdom, we, we could change our nation. I want to tell you what will not change our nation, what's not going to change our culture and turn it back to God, politics. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm not up here for everybody to like me. I'm up here to tell you the truth. I'll tell you what will change our culture and change our nation and turn it back to God. If every dad would get on his knees and say, Father, help me. Give me wisdom to know how to lead my family to serve the Lord and to truly live for God every day. That would change our nation. See, it's easy for us to point our finger at this group or that group and say, they're the problem. Let me tell you, the house of God, we're the ones that need to get on our knees and cry out to God for wisdom. Because a whole lot of what's going on, even in the church, it's not wisdom. It is not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God, the wisdom that is from above is peaceable, easily entreated. Oh, I'm telling you, we're so shallow on this subject. We need to learn the wisdom of God. We need to grow in this area. We need to be praying and asking for it every single day. You know, one of the things I've learned, things something I've really changed about over the last 40 plus years of ministry is that I've learned that I need God's wisdom all the time. I can't just rely on how I did it before. I mean, I've been doing this a really long time. But every situation is different. Did you know that before 2020, I'd never been through a pandemic as a pastor? It was all new territory. But I found that every year, one way or another, every month, every week brings new territory, one way or another. Let me tell you something about ministry. It's all about people. Let me tell you something about people. In some ways... A few ways, they're all the same. And a whole lot of ways, every person is different. And you need the wisdom of God. You see, it doesn't matter what we're doing in this life. We need God's wisdom on a daily basis. Here's a great man, Abraham Lincoln. He said, I have been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My wisdom and all that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. Can you identify with those words that you've exhausted your own wisdom? See, we need to ask God for wisdom about our marriages, our job, relationships, about ministry. Ask. Fourth, to get wisdom, we go to God's Word. You know, the Lord has given us a book of answers. Lots of questions in this world. And I want to tell you, if you'll look long enough, if you'll search hard enough, if you'll seek, I want to tell you almost every question, you will find an answer somewhere in the Word of God. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Most people are just stumbling in the dark. You can get hurt that way. The Word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. It will give you wisdom and show you what the right choice is. But you got to seek it. you got to search for it. you got to be serious about looking into the Word of God. Proverbs 1, 
1 and 2 in the NIV, Solomon tells us plainly what this whole entire book of Proverbs is about. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight. See, he wrote this whole book of Proverbs to impart wisdom. And the book of Proverbs is jam-packed with practical wisdom for everyday life. And I challenge you as a believer to read one chapter of Proverbs every single day of the month for the rest of the year. There's 31 chapters, so some months there's a chapter for each day. A few months you get an extra one. Next month you get three extra, right? It's not a leap year, is it? You get three extra. In fact, since you're starting today, if you haven't been doing this, today you get to go home and read eight. Come on, it'll take you 10 or 12 minutes. You'll survive it. But here's the thing. You see, if we want wisdom, are we willing to seek it in the Word of God? I mean, here's a book written just for that purpose, to give you wisdom. It's full of wisdom. It'll help you. In His Word, there is a treasure of wisdom. Psalm 119 and verse 130. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Now when it says the word simple here, it's not really the way we use it today. It's not using it in a derogatory way. It's just referring to those who are naive. They just don't know. But the word of God gives understanding to those who just don't know. You see, even in areas of life where you haven't had a lot of experience, the Word of God can give you understanding, give you the wisdom that you need. It has wisdom for every area of life. How to handle money, how to treat your wife, how to raise your kids. You know, everybody's got an opinion about those things, especially money. Everybody's got an opinion about money. Well, you know what? There's only one opinion that really matters, and that's his opinion and what he says about it. And the Bible has much to say about it. You can disregard the wisdom of Scripture, but I want to tell you you're blessed when you live your life by the wisdom of Scripture. But, you know, when we talk about searching for hidden treasure, you pick up your Bible, and you read a couple of verses. Eh, I didn't get nothing from that. That pastor, he don't know what he's talking about. That's like you go to a silver mine or a diamond mine, and you walk in, and you kick over a couple of rocks. I don't see nothing. And you walk out. No, if you're going to find something, you're going to seek for it. You're going to search for it. Like you really, really want it. You're not just going to look for a minute and, well, I'm done, I didn't get nothing. No, it is treasure and it's in there, but you've got to be willing to really go after it. Fifth, if we're going to get wisdom, we have to be humble. Proverbs 11:2. when pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. See, pride just naturally rejects wisdom. I mean, if I didn't think of it, it can't be a good idea. Because I'm always right. See, as long as we think we already know everything or we already have all the answers, well, we're not going to be seeking after wisdom. 
And even if we were to stumble upon it, we wouldn't accept it. Proverbs 26.12 says, Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Wise in his own eyes. Sometimes I have been tempted to think of myself as wise. I've made some good choices. I mean, I'm 63 years old. I've had a lot of experiences. I've been in ministry for 42 years. I know some things. Here's what I know. If man thinks that he's wise, there's more hope for a fool than for him. And so I'm going to stay humble and I'm going to acknowledge that I still need God's wisdom every single day. I don't know everything. See, we're all supposed to always be learning and growing, changing, you see, and understand that we daily need the wisdom of God. Next, this goes right along with being humble. we got to be teachable. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. It's just kind of that attitude today, you know, about wisdom. It just kind of goes along with it that we don't want to hear that. We just want to have fun. We don't want to hear about all this serious stuff. You know, we're just going to sail through life. No, you ain't. You need, you need to learn wisdom. And you've got to be teachable. You, you need to be willing to listen when you have the opportunity to learn something. You know, one of my favorite people was my granddaddy. And my granddaddy, he just, he had a lot of wisdom. And he would tell me stories and tell me things, say things to me that just stuck with me, you know. One of the things he told me one day, he said, now, when you're around other people, he said, sometimes you just need to keep your mouth shut. Because if you'll just be quiet and listen, he said, you're going to know what you know plus what they know. So you let them talk. And you know, there's some great wisdom in that. A lot of us would do a little better if we just keep our mouths shut and listen to other people a little more. We might learn something. But I remember him telling these stories all the time. And I so loved him telling these stories. But a lot of times he would even repeat the same story. It didn't matter to me. I liked hearing it again. But I remember one day he was in the hospital and I went to see him. And he was talking. He was telling a story. And there was another relative that was there. And as my granddaddy's talking, I look over at this other relative, and he's kind of smirking, rolling his eyes. And it just disgusted me because I thought, here is this man with such great wisdom, and you despise it. You won't listen to him. He showed him a disrespect. But I want you to understand, you see, that we all have to be teachable. When we have the opportunity to learn, when we have the opportunity to hear wisdom from somebody else, we need to be willing to, to, to stop and, and humble ourselves and accept that and embrace it. you got to be teachable. Amen. I still, I, I read books and I go to pastor's conferences and I, I, know, that I, I know that I don't know things. And I, I, so I want to be humble, I want to be teachable, I want to seek the opportunity to learn. Proverbs 8.33, hear instruction and be wise. Do not disdain it. You see, we got to always be learning, always growing. And having said that, it's important who we learn from. Seventh and last, we should seek godly counsel. 
Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. There it is again. You know, a lot of times we think that we're doing the right thing and we're missing it. He who heeds counsel is wise. You ever tried to tell somebody, tried to help somebody? I mean, you can see plainly that they're going the wrong direction, they're making the wrong choice, but they won't listen. He who heeds counsel is wise. See, there are some people that know some things that we don't know. There are some godly people who have walked where you're walking right now. Let's pick on you just a little bit. I love teenagers. Your parents actually know some things you don't know. Believe it or not. Oh, how you would do well to listen to their counsel. Proverbs 19 and 20. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. You see, wisdom is... Learning wisdom is a process. You just continue to learn, but part of that is that you listen to counsel and instruction. Now, you know, as we are seeking God for wisdom and direction in our life, uh, sometimes we just feel like God has spoken to us. And you need to be careful that you really know that God has spoken to you But when God has spoken to you, you don't need to ask what somebody else thinks about it. I remember when I was getting ready to come back to Grace as pastor in 2004, and I had a couple of minister friends that that told me, they said, Mark, if if you go to that church and you try to follow a beloved pastor that has served there for 50 years... They're going to make you the sacrificial lamb. You're just the first guy before they figure out that nobody can be Harold Nichols, and so it's going to be horrible for you. Now, that was the natural way, and believe me, that's true. That's the kind of thing that happens in that situation, but I knew that it was what God wanted me to do, and Brother Nichols knew he had heard from God, and it all worked out okay. I couldn't fill his shoes, but God used me anyway. But you see, when you know you've really heard from God, you don't need counsel. The only thing that counsel is for is to confirm what you already know in your heart. Sometimes, you know, you can talk to different people about a decision and you'll get three different answers from people. So again... That counsel should be a witness and a confirmation to what you know in your heart already. But we do need to be wise and seek godly counsel. And I'm going to say this also. Sometimes as a pastor, somebody will ask me or they'll tell me about a decision that they're making. And I call it the God card. They say, well, God told me. And see, at that point, there's not really anything I can say. If God told you, it doesn't matter what I think. But don't say God told me unless you know that you know that God told you. See, as we need to be open to wisdom and to counsel and realize that God can use some spiritual godly person to help us if we're open and we're willing to receive. You know, I've heard some wisdom come from the mouths of babes, but generally I don't seek wisdom from a 14-year-old. Not because they're bad. 
It's because they're naive. Now, if I'm having a hard time working my phone, I seek wisdom from a 14-year-old, right? But an important part of seeking counsel is seeking godly counsel. People who are spiritual, people who are people of character. One time, many, many years ago, when I was in my 20s, I was talking to an old high school friend. He had been real successful. And I, I told him that I wasn't, you know, just real happy with where I was as far as the, the salary I made and how, you know, just didn't feel like I was doing very well financially. And so he sent me a book to help me. It was called How to Win Through Intimidation. I started reading that book. That was the most ungodly, horrible book about how to manipulate people to get what you want. Don't listen to the counsel of the ungodly. It's Psalms 1-1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So I hope you hear this this morning. Don't look to worldly people. You say, oh, they know a lot about this. Don't look to worldly people for wisdom. No, you look to God. You look to His Word. You look to godly people. But if you get wisdom... A year from now, five years from now, 20 years from now, you're going to find yourself in a pleasant place. You're going to find yourself happy. And you're going to find yourself closer to God. It's when you cry out for wisdom. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray. I'd like for prayer partners to come.